What's up, Debbie peoples? It's EK. Kyle uh, are back, as is college football. I'm so excited. Kyle, are you excited? Yeah, I guess. Might as well be. I, I, I love talking about these guys all summer more than watching them, it feels like sometimes. But um, I am excited to once again be scoring points on fan tracks. Um, <laughs> that is the adrenaline and... Um, the drug that makes you feel good for me. That is the drive. That's what gets you going. Um, I'm excited to have the games back so that we can stop the speculation and see some stuff happen. You know, let these guys show us what they can do. And uh, I, I know, unfortunately, Kyle, I'm not going to shame you that much. You said you didn't get to watch the games this weekend. but I was some- at work. There's no excuse, man. There's no excuse. I watched them whenever I was in the room. Whenever I was in the room with TVs, I was watching the game. <laughs> I'm just teasing, man. But look, there was some good games, man. There was some some welcome back to football moments for sure. Uh, that played to death. Caleb Williams scramble touchdown to Todd Washington was a lot of fun. Uh, Zachariah Branch was a lot of fun. Audrey estimate running dudes over. It's a lot of fun. Uh, my my college football was back moment from the weekend it was before the Notre Dame game when they showed Sam Hartman with the necklace made out of his rib. <laughs> that was yeah. a, a peak college football moment, <laughs> and it just felt one, it, that was like midseason form for like no context CFB right. Yeah, that's the that's the Sam Hartman version of uh, Will Levis putting mayo in his coffee, right? Sense, senseless character moments for these guys that are going to be on TV for the next twelve months, one way or another, or the next nine months, right, leading up to the draft. Um, so, and like like I said, there was there was there were some really fun games. Uh, I, I I ain't gonna monologue it though, so I guess we'll. Uh, <laughs> We'll skip over that, and we'll talk about some of our favorite busts and breakouts from this weekend. And I will lead it off, and I alluded to this a little bit already. I mean, there's plenty to talk about on USC, but I think we're all a little bit tired of talking about Caleb Williams already. He's awesome. But, man, the freshmen are so exciting on that team. I mean, Zachariah Branch was the leading receiver for the team in terms of catches. Uh, Tyler Washington outproduced him. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, but Washington (laughs) Washington had, like, 82 yards. So, no, Branch uh, and Singer both had four receptions. Oh, yeah, right, right. So, Branch, four for, what was it, 58? And a touchdown, and then one touchdown touchdown. on a punt return. Exactly. And he had <laughs> over 200 all-purpose yards in his college debut because he had a bunch of other punt returns too. And man, he looked phenomenal. But why talk when I can show uh, let's rock? I mean, we got some Zachariah Branch highlights from this weekend right here for you guys. Uh, how excited are you for this kid, Kyle? In the long term, I mean, Branch is going to be a star. I mean, I had him as a my seventh ranked Debbie wide receiver going into the season before he's had ever played a collegiate snap. Um, that kind of feels too low. 
Um, so I'm super excited about Branch. He's got blazing speed that he showcases all over the field, both in receiving, rushing, and even returning. Um, and I think he's a future NFL star. Yeah. So I, I said on Twitter during the game, Zachariah Branch was going to be the wide receiver one before the end of the season. I, I, he might be their wide receiver one in the next couple of weeks. I mean, he literally tied for the team leading targets. Uh, just no reason not to feed this man the ball, uh, you know, and particularly if Singer is, is, is drawing coverage from top corners on the outside, they're going to move this kid around and he's just going to wreck defenses uh, all season. Um I mean, honestly, here's, I, I think he could. But here's my issue for for 2023 and 20 and January 2024. The splits they had with these wide receivers, and I know it was a game that got out of control, but even like before, there were so many guys mixing in. Um, they obviously have like five guys that they trust, and they're going to mix them all in. Is what it seems like. I mean, Taj Washington had 11 passing snaps. Zachary Branch had 16 passing snaps. Jacoby Lane and Deuce Robinson both had 12. Singer had 20. Um, Lemon had 13. Rice had 18. Mario Williams had 23. Kyron Hudson even had 13. Like this is, I think they just have too many weapons and they have a quarterback who's good enough to spread the ball out that none of these guys are going to be elite CFF assets. They'll all be good and they'll all have great weeks. But I don't think there's yeah. a week-to-week guy. I think that's fair. I mean, honestly, that's like Lincoln Riley's offenses, except for when he had C.D. Lamb, have always been that, right? Like, I can't think of another time in the past five years that Lincoln Riley's offense has not been distributing the ball widely. Uh, it's just what he wants to do, I think. So, you know, I mean, even Addison. Addison is the Volendikov winner, and he gets 800 yards and six mm-hmm. touchdowns there. So, yeah, fair enough. But I think for Debbie purposes – all aboard the trains hot running, you know, yeah. Top seven sounds, sounds like, uh, could be a little bit low. Uh, all right. What, what you got Kyle? I do want to stick with the USC passing attack real quick. Um, I mean, I want to highlight Dorian singer, a guy we talked about all off season. Um, he had four targets for four receptions, 41 yards and a touchdown. Um, Deuce Robinson, another true freshman, kind of a, tight end move slot guy um, listed as a wide receiver at USC, a guy that a lot of us hoped would be listed as a tight end uh, for our own fun. He had six targets, actually led the team, three receptions, 44 yards for him. Um, I mean, that's a, that's also a great way to start a freshman season for Deuce Robinson. Um, Obviously he didn't have the touchdown or the punt return plays, but um, I think that's very impressive. He's, you know, like halfway to, not being a year one zero like we like to talk about. Um, and then Makai Lemon, the other four-star freshman or five-star freshman wide receiver that we really liked, um, he gets on the field too pretty early for a freshman. Um, has one target, one reception, but gains no yards on the play. Um, I think that's fun to see. I think he'll have enough of a season that we're not like about to drop him in any means. So. Um, yeah. excited and, uh, for these young guys. And then Quentin Joyner got on the field too at running back um, as a yeah, true freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. But I will move on to my breakout 
um, and my breakout is like a fifth-year breakout here, um, and that is San Diego State tight end Mark Redman. Um, he was a pretty highly coveted recruit um, going to Washington originally. Didn't do very well there, but transferred to San Diego State, and in this first game against Ohio, led the team in targets or tied for the lead in team targets at six, had five receptions for 62 yards, and most importantly, he had two touchdowns. Um, at the tight end position, if you get guys who are, you know, getting these valuable red zone targets, end zone targets, um, that's really big. Um, I mean, that's where points are for tight ends and CFF, really. Um, Redman, if he's going to get these targets all season, there's a path for him to be a top 12 tight end pretty easily. Um, like, but he led the team. Well, he was second on the team in routes run. Like, if he's going to be the guy, the focal point of this offense in terms of the passing game, that's could be a top six tight end even um, for CFF. So, yeah, uh, yeah easily the uh, top wide receiver for his team, as you can see in the box score here. Um, yeah, man, that's interesting. Uh, you know, take it, take it a couple of games to, to see if this is going to be how they're going to run the offense or just mm -hmm. a matchup. But yeah, man, you got to pay attention to that for sure. Particularly when he's free, right? I mean, there's a lot of yeah. C2C teams out there right now, probably disappointed in their options at tight end. I know personally, I've got, uh, I got a lot of injured guys. <laughs> I wish we we're going to play this week. Uh, I mean, the kid from uh, the kid that just transferred to uh, Ole Miss, right? He's hurt right now. Priestcorn? Um, what's up? Priestcorn? Yeah, Priestcorn's not playing. And then I got another or one if of you, my top tight If you drafted Varkis Gums, he's like the tight end three on the Arkansas depth chart. So that's <laughs> that's a loss. Um, yeah. You know, I, guys I like dropped that. the name a long time ago. Luke Haas, Arkansas <laughs> tight end one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, my one pause with Redman is that Jalen Maiden has not taken any steps as a passer. He's still a run first guy, like we would expect from a um, converted wide receiver, if I remember correctly. Um, so Maiden yeah. would have been uh, interesting if we saw him develop as a passer, but he definitely didn't. So, um, if he's going to hyper-target Redmond, that's good for Redmond, but I'm not interested in Maiden at all. Yeah. All right. Moving on to a team that you and I both love to talk about. Um, and, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about it on both sides right now. We're talking about breakouts and busts. And, uh, I mean, there's a couple ways you could go with this with Hawaii, but um, – Hawaii quarterback Braden Schrager, junior, 6'3", 225, uh, threw for 351 and three. A couple of interceptions, QB rating, ain't great, but what I care about is that it looks like they are going to sling the ball all season long. I mean, that's it's not even half bad, 77% completion percentage. Uh, no, and – and Braden Schrager was given a 90.2 PFF pass grade in this game, um, an 81.8% oh, adjusted completion. This must percentage. be oh Q QBR is different, right? That's the the tougher one. Um, yeah. Look, uh, just give me an offense where they're going to play fast and throw the ball. Uh, I mean, run and shoot uh, is doing a lot of shooting, 
And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in and I'm going to talk about some of the wide receivers a little bit later on. But, uh, I mean, we can touch on it oh so quickly right now because they were, they were pretty damn good. Um, Pofeli Ashlock for 127 yards. And then Stephen McBride for 98 yards. Uh, I mean, they were they were throwing the ball over the yard. But on the bad side of that, while we're still on the screen, one of Kyle's favorite guys and a guy that I drafted a heck of a lot of on the theory that the run and shoot likes to throw the ball to the running back a lot. And it always has in the past. This worked for us with Day Day Hunter last year. This worked for us with uh, God, who's the kid the year Deidre before? Parson. That, uh, Deidre Parsons. It's just three or four years going back, really, since this offensive coordinator's been there. Uh, you've been reliably getting, you know, top 25 type CFB uh, production out of the running back position. And we were betting on Tylen Hines. He got the carries. He did not get the yardage. He did not get the receiving game work. Uh, yeah, one, one catch, three yards. Nine carries, 15 yards, 1.7 average. Just, I, I didn't see that much of the game. So, you know, on paper, he was substantially outplayed by backfield mate Landon Sims. Who knows? That could be one long run by Sims, and, and the rest of it was just as bad. But, yeah, Sims had, a, it, Sims had a 22 yard run. Yeah. It was otherwise eight, four, 16. So, yeah, about yeah. the same. So, yeah, you know. Maybe they were just getting shut down, but it begs the question, why weren't they throwing to the backs, which they typically would have? Maybe the wide receivers are better there than they have been in recent years, and and that's going to be how the offense goes. Nonetheless, we're not dropping Hines yet, but we are on alert, as it were. Yeah, they definitely weren't able to run the ball against Vandy, and I don't think that's a surprise considering Vandy is still in the SEC. They're still built to stop the run to some extent, even if they're not as good as you know, the Bamas of the world. Um, I think the biggest surprise for me with Tylen Hines is he was only on the field for 15 pass plays, only ran eight routes. Um, that route percentage is scary. I mean, pass blocking like 50% of the time, um, not really great. And then not even being on the field. Apparently they had a lot of four wide sets, um, but the other guy, Landon Sims, wasn't on the field for pass downs either. So, yeah, um, yeah, and the pass blocking makes sense if you're playing against superior defense. That's right? true. You want to give the quarterback time, but I I don't know. I mean, what 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 this game looks like to me is that they want to throw the ball downfield and they want to challenge. You know, is that just where they thought they could attack Vanderbilt, or is it going to be the offense? Uh, too early to say, right? But I think yeah. we have some some raised eyebrows. Uh, yeah, and I do have raised eyebrows. I'm also not dropping him after next week because they play Stanford next week. Um, right. I don't think you can drop him until you get into the Mountain West slate, until they start playing teams that are the same yeah. level as them. Yeah. I mean, also, I don't want to see an even timeshare with him and Landon Sims because that's not going to help your. your that's true, but he's been so freaking, he's been so explosive in seasons past. It makes no sense to to say that he's not explosive based on this one game. Yeah, maybe he's nicked up. Who knows? What else you got, Kyle? Who who you got here? Who do I got here? I got Ron Wiggins. Um, we were all kind of wondering what Jacksonville State, this new FBS program that is finally moving up from FCS, we were all kind of wondering what they would do. 
Um, and it seems to be that they're going to run the ball um, and they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, and they're going to run the ball with their quarterback and their running backs. Um, and really, I should be highlighting both running backs, <laughs> not just Ron Wiggins. Um, they pretty much split the snap share completely. Ron Wiggins and Malik Jackson. Wiggins, 22 snaps. Malik Jackson, 23. Both had 13 attempts. Both had like 60 to 70 yards and both had a rushing touchdown. Um, and then the quarterback, Zion Webb, had 11 attempts for 58 yards. So this is a team that's going to run the ball. I think Ron Wiggins, I think Malik Jackson are both going to have weeks where they do very well. Um, I think they will play worse defenses than UTEP um, across the season. They'll also play defenses a lot better than UTEP. Um, this was great for them to win their first FBS game, but I don't think UTEP is indicative of the rest of their schedule. I do think they might struggle in future games. But um, it was just really interesting to see them run the ball so much. So I think Malik Jackson and Ron Wiggins are both worth highlighting. Um, yeah. And Zion Webb. Yeah, this is one of the games I watched. And Jacksonville State came to play, man. They were they were just – they were physical. Uh, and they were just – they were beating UTEP at the line of scrimmage uh, on both sides of the ball. It was – it looked like UTEP came out not prepared. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or just really like UTEP's – there was a stat on screen at one point that UTEP's offensive line outweighs Jacksonville's by an average of like 30 pounds, right? And they were still getting pushed around. So – you know, shame on uh, shame on UTEP for for uh, looking ahead. Uh, but you know, congrats, <laughs> Jacksonville State, for your first uh, win as a you know FBS team. And you know, I get Zion Webb's got to be interesting, but man, he's got to improve. He's so bad as a passer. Three point four yards per attempt, Kyle. Passing his his A dot though was his A dot was ten point seven. <laughs> How it what? Was, did he only complete the short ones and just throw yeah. sixty yard incompletions? Yeah, man. Who that makes knows? no sense. So that is wild. I, I, talking about this game does play in uh, fairly well for me into my other bust, not to hijack it, but uh, and, you know, and we talked about this before the show. Too early to call this a bust. It's too early to say anything. It's freaking week zero, right? <laughs> Basically, the preseason for these dudes. But uh, uh, does not seem to want to open up his ESPN page. There we go. Tyron Smith from UTEP uh, definitely had a disappointing game. It wasn't terrible. He got the targets. Uh, you know, but five for 38 is not what you're looking for out of a guy that you have pegged as a weekly starter for CFF. And this is a guy that's been phenomenal in the past. Uh, you know, 1,039 yards in 2022, seven touchdowns. Uh, you know, I think you're, you're clearly drafting Tyre and expecting a CFF starter. You didn't get that this week. Uh, I will say before the game, Jacksonville State, uh, you know, had said something to one of the anchors. If we shut down Tyron Smith and we keep him out of the game, then we will feel as though we've succeeded. Uh, but the problem for me is, well, uh, there's the blueprint for beating UTEP, right? Because they clearly didn't have any other weapons. So if, if Jacksonville State can do it, you're going to tell me that, uh, you know, other other G5 schools aren't going to be able to take him out of the game. I don't know. It's a little bit, a little bit concerning. Uh, you ain't dropping him, but 
it's not what you wanted to see either. Yeah, I'm not sure he's the only weapon, though. Um, Tyron Smith had seven targets, turned that into five receptions for 38 yards. Um, I think the seven targets is encouraging. It ties for the team lead with Kelly Akarai. I think I'm saying that right. He also has seven targets. He had four receptions, though, for 102 yards and a touchdown. Good for 25 yards for reception. Probably not sustainable, but that seems to be the type of guy he is. Um, he had an A dot in this game of 23.7 yards down the field. Um, so they wanted to target him in the deep third of the field. Um, definitely seems to be a speedster looking back at 2022. His A dot was 14 um, on 46 targets. So definitely more of a downfield guy. Um, but he had one of the best games of his career in week zero against Jacksonville State. So I think that's worth mentioning. Yeah, Akarai Jr., 6'1", 194, listed by ESPN. So, yeah, could be uh, an interesting option there. Is Hardison good enough to really support two wide receivers? Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, it could be a thing. Time will tell, right? <laughs> Time will tell. All right. So you got some busts for us too, Kyle. I do have some busts, the first of which is a true freshman, which it feels a little it feels a little wrong to you know dog on a true freshman's week zero performance, but I'm going to do it. All about it. expectations. Um, yeah. Cedric Alexander, the Vanderbilt running back, was a guy that a lot of people were excited about, myself included, seemed to be the week one, or in this case week zero, starter for Vanderbilt at the running back position, and then he wasn't. Um, Patrick Swan had seven attempts for 30 yards. Chase Galepsi had six attempts for 13 yards. Cedric Alexander gets on the field for just three rushing snaps, um, gets two attempts, and turns them into two yards. Um, not super exciting for Cedric Alexander. Not a great start to his career. Um, obviously, there's still time for him to take over this backfield. But all in all, the backfield didn't even look good. I mean, they averaged just 2.8 yards per attempt for anyone rushing against the ball against Hawaii. Hawaii. You know, and this is a team that has to play the Tennessees and the Georgias and the Arkansas of the world. Um, yeah. So, not ideal. On the positive side, though, I think we'll talk about this more soon. The passing offense looks good. Good. All right, wait, you got one more bust, and then we can move on. I do have one more bust, and it's also kind of a guy who, you know, is based on expectations. And I I think myself and a lot of others had a little higher expectations for this guy, and that is Marshawn Lloyd, the running back at USC. Um, his first game at USC after transferring in from South Carolina, so a little slack for him too. But he saw nine attempts for 42 yards, while his fellow backfield mate, Austin Jones, had six attempts for 54 yards and two touchdowns. Um, if this kind of goes the way of the wide receiver room in which they're um, just going to be attacking with a bunch of dudes, like all the guys, I mean, Quentin Joyner, the true freshman, also had five attempts for 34 yards. So if like all three of these guys are going to be on the field, um, it's not going to be great for any of them for CFF. Obviously, Marshawn Lloyd is still the type of guy who could be a Debbie asset with 800 to 1,000 yards rushing on the season. Um, 
but he wasn't even on that pace in this game. Um, no. So you'd love to see him take over more of the backfield. I mean, Travis Dye last season was like the guy in this backfield, and he was great for CFF until he got hurt. Yeah. So to be fair, too, I think Lloyd got like five of the first seven carries and did nothing with them. And then the second half broke a couple of runs, broke some tackles, did the things that you want to see Marshawn Lloyd do. Um, but I, I mean, I think part of the story here was just Austin Jones was really good. <laughs> he touched the ball. This wasn't like one carry for 48 yards and then like a bunch of stuffs. It was like multiple explosive runs from him. I like Austin Jones as a, as a running back. I've liked him since he was at Stanford. Uh, I kind of had hopes for him there to really do stuff because he can catch the ball well. He can be explosive. He's gotten bigger and stronger, I think. I mean, I, I don't think he's any kind of early round Debbie guy. I think he's probably, you know, like a UDF, a DFA type or late yeah. round pick. For, he's a, he's a fifth year senior, so. Yeah. Yeah, but I, he's a good college running back. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it could, could go the wrong way here for Lloyd truthers and be a true timeshare. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jones was, was very good after contact in this game. I mean, 6.33 yards per, after contact per attempt compared to Lloyd's three yards per contact after attempt, which is still a really good number, but yeah, three is fine. Uh, yeah. six is good though. And it was, he did have multiple explosive runs and it was like, you know, it, it was like, like you could almost see Riley wanting to feed Lloyd and just being like, well, God, I got to give it to Austin Jones. Like, you know, it's just take, taking names and scoring touchdowns. Um, all right, moving on. We do a little segment we call, are they for real? We got to get some graphics for this stuff, Kyle. <laughs> I'll make some graphics. All right. All right. Leave so, the graphics to me. You are better at it. I am for sure. So maybe you should just do that, do those things. We gotta find a we gotta find a guy that just wants to be our like graphics production editing guy. <laughs> Let us do all the fun stuff. Uh, so I, I want to talk about a couple of couple of players. See if we think collectively they're for real, either for Debbie purposes or for CFF. Uh, I think we got some names out of each bucket here to talk about. Um, first one for me was. Uh, Vanderbilt quarterback AJ Swan. Like we said, the passing offense looked pretty good, man. Uh, I'll throw some stats up. Uh, 19 you know, for 30. Looked, 215 yards. 19 for 30. You know, had two, two receivers go over 68 yards. Um, uh, what was his yards per attempt? 8.6 yards per attempt. And let's, you know, let's get a little bit of, get a little bit of high ladies up there. Is that your screen? Sorry, I need to narrate to myself to, to perform <laughs> functions. On the we'll throw. Uh, so, I don't know. AJ Swan took the job over uh, midseason last year and looked like a freshman, but it clearly has made strides. Made some really nice throws in this game. What I've seen from highlights, uh, you know, some, some stuff on the move, dropping it in the bucket. Really promising stuff for a guy that's a true sophomore, probably starting his fifth or sixth game. Uh, what do you think about Swan? I mean, he he doesn't really excite me. Um, part of that's Vandy. I mean, part of that's just a team that's going to play teams better than them for 
most of the season. Um, I'm not a buyer in CFF. Um, that's for sure. You could convince me there's heavy potential, I guess. He's he's six three. I mean he's two six three, two twenty-eight. That's big enough. Um there's some some decent um numbers here, but I, I'm not there yet. I, he he's not making like the big the big throws, I don't think. Did you see this one? <laughs> I this say right throw. as he makes the this, big this throw. is the big throw. This this is this is an NFL guy throw. Hold on, let me rewind it a little bit more. For the guys in the back on the move, evades a tackle, rolling out, eyes downfield, and then look at that ball. <laughs> That's a good play, you know. I mean, yeah, like you, like, you got to do that on loop to make it to the NFL. But um, I, I thought he played really well in this game. Uh, you know, again against Hawaii. Yeah. Right. Let Let's see how this goes. But that was a nice throw too, though. Did you see that? That was the touchdown to the other, the red shirt uh, freshman. Look at that. That's a good throw, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and honestly, I think they have some wide receiver talent there. I I, I like, I, I'm much higher than most people are on Will Shepard. I think he's a guy that might not be a day two guy, but gets a job in the NFL, sticks on a team. Uh, and Jaden McGowan was one of the most highly rated freshmen last year. He's a tough sell for Debbie because he's 5'8", right? It's just a tough profile. Mm-hmm. But if you put those stats from last year in the body of a 5'10", 190-pound wide receiver, I'd be very excited for Debbie purposes. 5'11". Well, whatever. But- just, <laughs> I don't even care about height. It's just like a cutoff. 5'8", just bad. Like. Five eight, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And five nine, whatever. Five eight, bad. Just no one's done it really yet. Uh, Tyreek like Wandale, who? Tyreek. Oh, Tyreek's like Tyreek's five nine. That's a lie. That's a lie. Tyreek is five eight. I don't know. <laughs> Somehow he got all the websites to listen. Five nine. So, um, anyways, yeah, I, I'm with you. AJ Swan's kind of a watch list guy for me right now. I think he's a guy that, if he sustains success into the conference games. Uh, then we're going to be really excited about him this time next year. Um, one game against Hawaii is enough to pique my interest, but that's about it. What's your first? Are they for real? Um, Sam Hartman. Um, he's a guy who's been productive for a number of years, a quarterback position. Obviously, he was at Wake Forest before, transferred into Notre Dame um, this season, and puts together a really good performance against a really bad Navy team. Um, 19 completions on just 24 attempts, good for 79% completion percentage, um, 251 yards, and four passing touchdowns. Um, <laughs> PFF actually gives them an adjusted passing completion percentage, so like they they grade the throws that like should have been completions as completions of 90.9%, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Like, even for a, an adjusted number, that's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, Hartman completed passes. That He was a guy who played in a Wake Forest offense that isn't pro-style at all. I mean, they, like, he puts the ball in the running back's chest and, like, holds it there for, like, five seconds in the Wake Forest offense. Um, mm. They're very RPO. Um, that's a nice so, there. so moving to Notre Dame and doing this in an offense where he's being tasked with, you know, making all the reads himself 
and doing it immediately with no threat of the run game. Um, I think it's very impressive. Who's a nice catch too. Who's that? Thomas who's zero on Notre Dame. Do you know? I do not. It's not great. house. great. house just play. I think that's Jaden Thomas. Dion Colson. Yeah. That's a nice catch. Um, yeah, I, I'm very interested in Hartman. I've been higher than consensus on Hartman, mostly just because he's always been like a volume passer who also can run. Uh, he hit some marks, not last year, but the year before that put him in kind of like rarefied air for guys in terms of like dual threat ability and also passing success. I forget the stats, but it was like a cohort of guys like Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson, just in terms, it was like, it was kind of cherry picked, right? It was like ran mm-hmm. for 400 yards and threw for like 3,700 yards. It was one of those things, but nonetheless, like if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be cherry picking stats, that's like, that's the group you want to be like putting a guy in. Right. So, um, I'm really interested to see what he can do here. I'm really interested to see what he can do to elevate this offense to a balanced offense too. That's what we saw here. You know, I, I, yeah. I, there was a few bad passes I saw from him in this game. Mostly they were short touch passes, uh, like stuff to the running back. You know, and it was always like you know pockets collapsing, things like that. And 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 he made the right play, got the ball where it should have been, but was high or too fast. Um, you know, and a couple of the other balls here I've seen. He was a little bit late, a little bit slow on the balls, like made the right play, but like stuff that wouldn't have flown against an SEC team. You know what I mean? But it's his first game. You know, it's just, he's only been playing with these this group of guys for a couple of months. So I, there's a lot of promising stuff here. I, I really am excited. He does he does throw the ball from good zip, like in terms of like scouting, like NFL wise. He has some velo and can extend plays. Uh, yeah, I I love his ability to throw in the run, and mm-hmm. I think when he's when he's throwing the ball late, I think it's what he he's throwing some of the passes here like didn't have zip on him, and I think they were an attempt for him to consciously be working on touch, <laughs> and and like you know dropping the ball in on guys for intermediate routes, um, which you know that's something this this coaching staff's asked him to work on, and good, good on him for doing it. But this play, man, that's that's the kind of stuff that he does that that I'm that I'm a little bit stoked about. Um, yeah. So. I, I I've always thought Hartman it gets drafted. It's just the question is like where, you know what I mean? Um, I I, it, I think he could get into day two for sure. I think right now he'd be like early backup quarterback. Uh, yeah, if the draft was today. Like right now, quarterback. right now I think he'd be like five, round five or six. I think on Notre Dame though, I think his ceiling is round one. Like if yeah. he does this stuff all season on a team that's gets national attention. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or at least like a day two guy, you know what I mean? Like round two, like, like will, will, will Levis type range, I think is very attainable for him. If he just has a great season this year. Uh, I don't, I don't think he even has to like be a Heisman contender, but honestly, if he has like an awesome season, he's the kind of guy that could, he's the kind of guy that could have he's Kenny Pickett. Bone- he could be Kenny Pickett. He could be 2022 Bo Nix. I don't think he's quite that much of a rusher, but like he has that dual threat upside. I think he definitely could be a dark horse guy to be getting like real Heisman buzz, whether or not it's like a realistic thing. He's the kind of guy that like someone's going to put in the conversation if he has three or four good games in a row here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, we missed one of my breakouts. So I guess I'll throw him in here for. 
while we're talking about this team, for are they for real? Um, uh, Jaden Greyhouse has gotten a lot of hype um, amongst us Debbie types, um, and he looked awesome this weekend. Yeah. He's some nice plays. Like, you like seeing a freshman get on the field, but, like, he got on a field and he was only a couple targets off the target leader for the team. Uh, I want to say Jaden Thomas one. was, yeah, it was nominally the, the wide receiver one, but it was real close, man. Like, by week yeah. six, it could be, could be Jaden Greathouse. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone was efficient in this game. I mean, Hartman was – completion percentage was sky high. Um, Great house, three targets for three receptions, 68 yards, and two touchdowns on just seven um, routes. Um, Jaden Thomas, Tobias Merriweather both run 17 and 19 routes, respectively. They seem to be the two guys for the starting offense, Um, but Tobias Merriweather was not good in this game. Um, I think his job is definitely up for grabs if he's going to play like that all year. Well, and you know, you'd like to see better route participation at a great house, but also when he was on the field running routes, he got the ball. So mm-hmm. that's, that's exciting. You know, he's clearly mm-hmm. a guy that like, he must have some stuff to work on still. Right. That, uh, I was a coach there now who took over for Kelly. Uh, <laughs> the one team we did do. I can see, on. I can see his face is the thing. There was someone um, we were all very unexcited. To have it was like their DC. Run. It was their former DC. Yeah. Um, so, look, um, young guys getting on the field early is uh, yeah is always a good thing for Debbie. The um, the other kind of interesting one is Dion Colsey. Um, also, only ran four routes, but had three targets and three receptions for forty five yards and a touchdown. Um, he's a guy who's had some hype a couple of times and is seems to maybe finally be doing something as a junior. Maybe he's a junior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my other guy. Oh, what did I do? I broke it. I broke it. Audric estimate. I mute it. Estimate. <laughs> what do you think? Estimate. While I throw some highlights up here. Audric estimate had 15 rushing attempts for 95 yards and a touchdown and a fumble. Um, I think he's a pretty good back. You're, you're on PFF? Yeah. How many broken tackles did he have in this game? I can never find that one, honestly. Um, you can if you go to the, the rushing stats report. The bigger screen should be on there. I'm on the rushing stats. You can scroll over. It's His yards after contact stats. was 3.53. His looseness rating, 166. He had 16 broken tackles in this game, someone told me. Yeah, I, I read that on Twitter too. Yeah, I mean that's absurd. It's, uh, just I, I mean I don't know. Estimates a guy that's like he's a lock to go into the NFL. Is he a day two guy? He's got to do a lot of stuff to get to be day two. Right now, to me, he's like Chris Rodriguez. Right? I mean, it would be kind of like the the talent level comp from what we've seen out of him. I do think he's got some like nice field vision at size. Um, the the ability to shed tackles again these guys are half his size right it's Hawaii it ain't it ain't the SEC Navy yeah Navy whatever <laughs> same difference right but 
uh, he's got the makings of, of, of a pro back in terms of build. I don't know if he's that fast. He looks like he's probably going to be lucky to be like a, you know, high fives, high four fives guy in terms of speed, but that's fine. I mean, if you, if you, if you can catch some passes and you come in and you're James Connor, right. You're David Montgomery. Uh, can he catch, catch some passes? He caught, he caught one pass in this game that was like got two. really nice too. Yeah. Well, one okay. of them that I saw the ball was really poorly thrown. It was off target and he had to like significantly adjust to it and caught it out wide with his hands. It was, it was a really, it was a catch that you would say, Oh, that was a nice catch for a wide receiver. Um, and, you know, we didn't really see that from him much last year. So, um, you know, that's definitely going to be something he's going to have to develop in his game. That is a that is a good punch on that fumble. That is not his fault. Not, I'm going to be honest. If you want to go back about 10 seconds in this video. You, you want to see the punch again? It's right here, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they showed the other angle of it right after this. I... Like he gets all he gets all of that ball. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that's a that's a ball carrier mistake. No, it's Too a great much. defensive play. I mean, yeah. even like look at this, man. He's just dragging tacklers. Like arm tackles, no thank you. Right? Like <laughs> I just I don't know. I'm very excited about SMA for, for CFF. He got all the work, right? He got like more than fifty percent of the running back uh work in this backfield. She was untackable to these poor midshipmen, uh, just ruining guys' weekends out there, left and right. Uh, how, how do you feel about SMA for Debbie? How do you feel about him for CFF? He did have just nine receptions last year as the starting running back. Um, I think that's cause for concern. Um, he did have two receptions in this game, so his 12-game paces, 24, um, <laughs> which is enough to quantify him as a – decent receiver um but i'm not sold on him um he's not a guy that i think is a day two guy and i don't see it um i think he makes the league for sure for yeah. sure but i, 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 I don't see him being yeah. great uh, all right, so you wanted to talk about Jaden Thomas a little bit here as well. Uh, do you think he's the wide receiver one right now for Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he led the team in routes run, led the team in targets, um, led the team in receptions. Um, I think he's the guy for the future um, of this year, at least. So, And do you think he has any Debbie potential? Um, he's a junior, right? Yeah, he's a junior who was a year one zero. Um, I don't really know enough to tell you at this exact moment. Um, but looking at his profile, I'm uh hesitant. Yeah, just it's tough for me if you haven't broken out by your junior, right? It's tough. He yeah, did get 38 targets last year, 25 receptions, 361 yards, and three touchdowns as a sophomore. Um, but it's, it's tough to say much about anyone in that offense last year, right? If that was the year that he really like, should have broken out, just uh, quarterback play was not good. In the year before that, it was uh, – who's the kid? 
Book? No. Book was gone two years ago, wasn't he? Um, Drew Pine? Yeah, it was Pine, right? Uh, or even Pine was half of last year, right? It was half Pine yeah. and half Buckner. Um, yeah. So just, just a messy situation to be in um, for, for, for pass catchers there. Um, you got anything else to say on Thomas? Yeah, Drew Pine was their leading passer last year. 2021 yards. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I could I could see him breaking out this year. The, the signs definitely point to him being the wide receiver one for the season. So, I think that's something to monitor for CFF. What does that look like for you? Eight hundred yards, six touchdowns. I mean, if Hartman plays like that all year, could be higher. It's true. He did spread it out quite a bit. Yeah, and maybe that's just you know getting the the young guys involved against the really bad team in a blowout, but yeah, it could be. So a couple more guys we had here featured for this section. One of them, I got just one nice highlight of right here. And this, this was a game I watched. This was a lot of fun. Uh, this was a USC game. And that is a young man named Nick Nash, who is what a senior or is, is that San Diego state, right? San Jose. State. San Jose State. Um, he had himself a game. Mm-hmm. Nick Nash is a sixth, fifth year player. Yeah, but he 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 sat behind guys um, who are in the NFL now, like Jalen Cropper, and um, they had somebody else go last year. I can't remember. Yeah, that. he had. He had six receptions, 89 yards, three tutties. And I will say, like, this is one game I watched all of. He played well. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't just this one play. Um, he made a lot of plays downfield. And, you know, USC not known for their defensive back play. But nonetheless, they're a P5 program. And uh, he performed well. He was a quarterback. Nick Nash was a quarterback. Quarterback wow. or a cornerback. He was one. He was not a wide receiver <laughs> until last year. So I kind of like, like, I feel okay about a late breakout when a guy switched the position in the middle of college. Uh, I think that's really different than a guy that, you know, trained at a position in high school and, and could not get on the field. I don't know where you would even look up his position. But he had in 2021, he played 300 <laughs> in 2021. He played weeks three and four as a wide receiver and then was the starting quarterback from weeks five to 10 and then played some quarterback in weeks 11 and 13. Yeah. So he's more like that Isaiah Williams type profile. Right. But for me, like a kid that can come in, uh, you know, really like what, hasn't been drilling with the, the the wide receiver unit that much until 2022 and then really be an impact player. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. He's probably not a Debbie guy, but he could be no. like a real thing for CFF for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, is- him and him and Charles Ross were the entire receiving offense this week. Um, Nash had eight targets. Ross had seven. Um, Ross is really the slot guy in this offense. Five receptions for him for 62 yards. Um, and then, obviously, the big piece, 
the one that most of us in like the CFF Devi community were more most excited about was Justin Lockhart, and he missed this game with an injury, expected to be back for next week. So I think it'll be interesting to see how Nash and Lockhart split the work when they're both healthy. Yeah, and uh, Lockhart was a transfer from where did you transfer from? Lockhart was it? Lockhart was, was there. there. Yes, he was. He, didn't... he did not. No, he did. Oh, yeah, he did. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, he had 578 yards last year. 36, 578, and one. Behind Elijah Cooks, who went 69, 176, and 10. So, yeah, my bad. For some reason, I thought he was a transfer. Yeah. Uh, okay, Elijah one more Cooks. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one oh, he was, a, he was a transfer before last year from Nevada. Got it. It's from Nevada. That's what I was thinking. Um, thank you for rescuing me late as it was. <laughs> Just Eventually. long enough to let me feel foolish. Appreciate it. So one more guy to talk about, and um, you know, this guy had himself a game, as we say. Kamari um, Lawrence for FIU. Yeah, Shamari Lawrence transfers in from South Dakota from the FCS level. Um, he was a pretty solid piece there. Um, one second. He Five, last season he had. 596 yards and three touchdowns last year um, and moves up to FIU and seems to have won the starting job um, as the former South Dakota backup. Uh, it's kind of interesting, but um, he did put together a pretty solid game in this one. 15 attempts, 139 yards, one touchdown, one reception. Um, if he's going to get the lion's share of the work like he did in this game, I think that's definitely a player worth monitoring for CFF, even though FIU is probably a bottom 10 offense in college football. Yeah. Volume is king though in CFF. So, and uh, you know, and, and you like guys with explosive ability um, on bad teams, right? Because all it takes is a couple of runs. And he did show that he had a 67 yard run in this game. Um, oh, look, ESPN has got a little, Got a little highlight for us. Got a little highlight for us to enjoy. Yeah. The the other running back, Antonio Patterson, had just five carries for 17 yards and a touchdown of his own. Um, so, yeah, Shamari Lawrence definitely seems to be the guy at FAU, and it's worth monitoring if there's a, a guy in any college. Yes. I Color me interested is what I got to say. So, which leads us in to our next core segment here, waivers. What you doing? And this is tough. This is tough for us because we play in leagues together. But, like, whatever. (laughs) You know, we probably all know all the same names anyways. This isn't rocket science, but hopefully we can help one or two people out there listening that aren't in our leagues make some good waiver plays for themselves. So, who's your – who are you most interested in? Who is your top pickups this week? And – when I when I threw this out to Kyle pregame, he said, "Do they have to have played in Week Zero?" And I said, "No." So, yeah, so we definitely go. went went in different directions. All my guys did not play in Week Zero. All your guys did. 
Um, so I think in C2C leagues, the guy that I am probably going to be targeting the most, and you're not going to like it, is Destin Hill, the Florida State wide receiver. Um, he comes back to campus. He's been on campus for like four months and is named a starting wide receiver for Florida State on the week but one depth chart. Was he the one chart. that had eligibility problems? Yes, yes. Former top recruit um, was uh, academically ineligible. Um, was a guy who's just really good in high school. And um, like, kind of disappeared from the team for a little bit. Um, is finally back now, and is a, listed as a starter alongside Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Um, so, I think Destin Hill is a guy that I want to get before he does anything. Because um, if he comes out in Week One and lights the world afire, you're, it's going to be a lot harder to get him, especially if he does it Week One against LSU. Um, so if I can get him for, you know, two fab right now and just drop somebody that I no longer have hopes for that I drafted too early in a supplemental, I'll take Destin Hill. You think he's going to play over Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman? No, they're all going to play. Right. He's listed as the, uh, the other wide receiver. I don't remember what Got their um, positions were. And, and, and I will say, like, for, for, for anyone who's not super into Florida State, Florida State looks like it's going to be a good offense this year. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's the what's – Jordan the, Travis. Yeah, Jordan Travis. I was talking about him earlier. He's a good quarterback. He's a guy with Heisman hype preseason. He's a guy with NFL hype now. I don't think anyone will be shocked if he plays his way into early round consideration. He's not there right now, but uh, certainly has a little bit of buzz around his name in terms of being a guy that, that can take it to the next level. Trey Benson, uh, high quality running back, uh, probably an NFL prospect. Uh, day two buzz around his name. Uh, I mean, it could all happen. And if it happens, you want a piece of this offense. For me, it's Keon mm-hmm. Coleman. I just think Keon Coleman's I agree. a really talented dude. I, I, I think he's, I, I think he plays a lot like Drake London in, in, in terms of a big guy with some agility and some lateral movement abilities and, and, and some, some actual route running savvy, but uh, no, yeah, I, I, I also think Keon Coleman is probably the guy in this offense. Um, I do kind of think Jordan Travis can, you know, somewhat keep up two wide receivers, you know, and the fact that like a second wide receiver might be like a top 36 guy, a top 40 guy. Um, and I think Johnny Wilson isn't very good. Um, yeah. So I think Destin Hill working out of the slot could be a very interesting piece of this offense. And he is listed as a starter on the depth chart with an or for Winston Wright Jr., the redshirt senior. So Yeah, I couldn't care less about the redshirt junior in Florida State. So I'm with you in that. Uh, could be a thing. Yeah, I mean, if Jordan Travis throws for 3,800 yards and, and 35 touchdowns, then there's a little bit and, to spread around there. And the other thing is, for campus Canton leagues, this is a guy who's still listed as a freshman. Like he has eligibility. Like even if he just has an okay season this year, you get two more years of him, and then he's going pro. Yeah. Well, and I think Johnny Wilson is gone this year too, right? I mean, he goes. Yeah. The late round guy or a UDFA, but he's going to try to go to the league, I would think. Yeah. So yeah, it could happen. 
So my waiver guys were are pretty much all CFF slanted at this point. A couple, you know, maybe one Debbie type flyer, uh, just some guys that played. Although I'll also say there's some guys that are unowned in some of my leagues that ought not to be unowned. So um, do yourself a favor if you're watching this and go go look at the you know the, the unrostered players in your league before this first uh, waiver run because here I'm going to listen. This is guy and this is, this is a league that we play with that Kyle and I are both in with guys that are like you know, like pros, like as close to pros as you can be at doing this, right? Like our friends that are, they're Debbie analysts and, you know, some of them support themselves full-time doing this. Uh, Will Howard, quarterback, Kansas State. Uh, Devin Leary, quarterback, Kentucky. Malik Hornsby, quarterback, Texas State. Chandler Morris, quarterback, TCU. Uh, these guys are unowned at the quarterback position. I mean, I, I all of those guys should be on rosters, in my opinion. Uh, Jimmy Horn, wide receiver, Colorado. Jimmy Horn is on your waivers. Go get Jimmy Horn. Corey DK's wide receiver slash tight end, Maryland. He was like the top wide receiver in their spring game. Like these are guys that, that should not be unowned. Um, there, so there's one guy me. that's that is unknown that is stunning me, and I'm not going to say his name. Say his name. No, I refuse. Be a good showmate. I refuse. <laughs> I want to make you. I want to make you think about that all day. Cam Camper until I, until I get him picked up. Cam Camper. No, I didn't even see Cam Camper, but I need Cam to Camper's pick him up too. too. That's exciting. I'm just gonna pick them all up. <laughs> I'm just gonna have a whole 45 different guys next week. <laughs> yeah. Drop them all, own them all up. But Cam Camper's exciting. We talked about him on our running back. Issue Kyrie Robinson, running back, SJSU. Dan, Daniel George. Who's Daniel George? The Akron wide receiver had like four games with 10 targets last year. Javon Harvey. Ugh. Yeah, right. Anyways, so we don't need to do this live, but our point is that um, before you pick up any of the like more flyer type guys, yeah, the week zero flyers, usually like one of them hits for the season and the rest of them are all busts. Uh, and I, I can tell you right now which one is going to hit out of your list. Because he was the guy that was already going to hit. But Yeah, he was the guy who was already going to hit before the season started. <laughs> and that is Smoke Harris at Louisiana Tech, a guy who is purely CFF relevant, as he is five foot seven as well. Um, yeah, yeah. But he is an and incredible like college player, talent. Right. So, yeah. Um, so my, my top waiver pickup, though, I, Smoke Harris, if he's there, you ought to get him. He was He's always been good. And he, he might have a little bit of an upgrade in circumstances this year. So go get him. I'd say my top ad, the guy that I'm probably going to target the most is Fulfili Ashlock from Hawaii, because if Hawaii throws the ball a lot, I want the true sophomore on the team with alpha size that would have three more years of college eligibility. And, you know, a guy in Hawaii is probably going to play you know, the whole time, right? He's probably not going to the NFL. And if he does go to the NFL, well, then you won, right? Like you won the game. Um, <laughs> I'm also, yeah, right. I, I'm also interested in Shamari Lawrence, just again, college running back, uh, getting volume, sweet. Uh, Tysoon Fomincha, a uh, guy that's kicked around various P5 teams and has wound up at UMass, which is, UMass is a G5 team, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, right. They're like a low-end G5, like barely skin of their teeth G5 team. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he ran for 95 yards this no, year. No, I'm, uh, this I'm super interested in Tyson. I mean, yeah. he's a former Clemson recruit. He is super athletic. Um, at yeah. this level, he's going to kill it. Um, he was a guy who I like kind of was interested in before the season, but we just like weren't sure if he was going to win the job. Now right. he wins the job, so yeah, interested yeah. for sure. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, he wasn't great as a passer. Fifty-eight percent completion percentage, ten actually eleven point three yards per attempt. That's I care about yards per attempt more than I care about almost anything else. Um, that's not bad, you know. Throwing to whatever future accountants of America he was throwing to this weekend. Who who else you got that you want to talk about? Dre McCray? You want to talk about your boy Dre? Of course I want to talk about Dre McCray, and you can find a lot of me talking about Dre McCray on theondroppables.com because I just released an article today called The Watch List, Dre McCray. Um, You can find that there. Um, I'll be continuing that series for a little bit, bringing up some guys who – Maybe aren't quite. Um, I think Dre McCray is kind of a going to be in a, a different guy in that series because I think the point is to highlight guys who you shouldn't be picking up yet, but you should be watching out for. Um, Dre McCray is inversely a guy that you should pick up now. Is um, he in Texas Tech? Yes, Dre McCray, Texas Tech, the starting H wide receiver um, as they've put out their Week One depth chart. Um, he is. Five foot nine or five foot ten, depending on who you ask, and um, just super fast. Ran a ten point three two one hundred meter dash time in high school. Um, really, a guy came out in the class of twenty twenty who would have gotten more hype in the recruiting rankings if um, he, you know, wasn't affected by the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, I think if coaches had been able to see this guy play, they would have wanted him. Um, he was kind of recruited as like a running back wide receiver hybrid, and he definitely has those skills for like running back skills with the ball in his hands. Last season at Austin P, he led the FCS in forced missed tackles by the wide receiver position. Um, he's a guy who you just get the ball in his hands and he makes plays. Um, and I think Texas, Texas offense, this air raid offense that they run relies on guys that you get the ball in space and they make plays. Um, so I think McCray is the perfect addition for them and he's just absolutely going to eat in this offense. Um, I mean, we talked about when we talked about Texas Tech in the Big 12 preview, Miles Price and um, remind me, Jaron Bradley were obviously the two guys who led the way last year. Um, Bradley is just a totally different wide receiver. Like he's six foot five. McCray won't touch his lunch, but um, McCray is a slot guy. Price is a slot guy. I could see McCray with his ability to just take the top off defenses and make people miss, take Miles Price's lunch and just become this Malachi Corley type player in this Zach Kidley offense. Yeah. I mean, if McCray is a thing, Miles Price is not a thing. And frankly, Miles (laughs) Price underwhelmed last year, right? Like really, Mm -hmm. it was tough though with the revolving carousel of quarterbacks, but um, it's true. You know, I don't know. Jaron Bradley seemed fine. I think Jaron Bradley's at least a marginal NFL talent, though. Uh, yeah, a day yeah. two guy, but he's you know he's a, he's a day three guy. So um, got it. So I can see other guys that I thought were really interesting. Uh, AJ Swan. I'm, I'm probably 
I don't know. If I have a roster that sucks, I'll throw him on the end just in case. Um, Stephen McBride is the senior wide receiver from Hawaii, but I'd rather have the guy with more eligibility, even if McBride's slightly better this year. Um, and then I think Nick Nash is a guy you got to pick up, man. Uh, I mean, that's a it's an offense that uh, is going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, and, if, and if he's a guy there, it's, it's really interesting. And then the last guy I had was – Quali Conley, Quali Conley, yeah. running back for JSU running back, right? And uh, again, he was not not the only guy there, but um, yeah, right, so. Kyrie Robinson led that backfield last year um, as a five foot seven, one ninety five guy. Kyrie Robinson is in his fifth year in college. Um, so we expected Robinson to just lead the way again. I mean, last year he had 156 carries, 756 attempts, 10 or 756 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Um, and this game he saw just nine carries for 28 yards, while Conley had six carries for 108 yards. Um, so I definitely see where you're coming from. Conley, a guy who transferred in from Utah Tech, where he had 1,000 yards last year and eight touchdowns. So, um, if he, if he does win this backfield, I think it's a, a good job to have. I think it's a 15 points per game type job. So I, I, I do think he's a pretty solid pickup. Yeah, like flex guy, but, you know, nonetheless, that, that's useful down the stretch for your CFF teams. All right, who else you got for pickups here that you care about? Yeah, I do have a couple more guys. Um, the first of which is Gavin Garcia, the running back at Kent State. He's a uh, true sophomore running back. Um they brought in Kai Thomas from Minnesota last year, and um, Kai Thomas is on a milk carton, it seems. Um, he is missing. Um, he is not listed on the two-deep depth chart. Meanwhile, Gavin Garcia is listed as the RB1. Um, this is an offense that we're pretty sure is going to run the ball pretty heavily, um, so I want to invest in their RB1, and I think it's going to be Gavin Garcia. So he's a guy who I might pick up this week if I have a roster spot, but um, maybe more of a guy that I'm looking out for to see if he really is the RB1 for the Golden Flashes next week. Um, and then another guy, another running back I want to highlight from Colorado State, Avery Morrow. Um, Avery Morrow is a guy that a lot of people thought would be suspended for the entire season. Instead, he has eligibility. Um, and last year he was the running back at Colorado State. He had like 800 rushing yards, caught a couple of passes. Um, I think he will have a very similar season, if not a better season, because I think the Colorado offense, Colorado State offense will improve with an additional year under Jay Norvell. So I think um, Morrow is a good pickup. And then another Colorado State guy I have listed is a wide receiver, Justice Ross Simmons. He had about 30 receptions last year for like 400 yards behind Torrey Horton. Um, like I said, I think this Colorado State offense just gets better all around, and a rising tide lifts all boats. So I think their wide receiver two is going to account for a bit more production. And um, he was the wide receiver two last year as a true freshman, um, I should note. So I think he does just get better as a sophomore and complement Torrey Horton. Um, pretty well. So I think both of them will be CFF relevant. Plus Horton goes to the NFL after this year for sure. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. the day three guy, but he's definitely going like he's, mm -hmm. he's going to be a senior bowl guy. He's going to get some hype. Someone takes him like round five. 
he's got multiple years of nice production. Uh, he's got some good traits too. So uh, Justice Ross Simmons could be the guy as a true junior next year. And that's interesting. A guy that broke out as a freshman, uh, did stuff as a sophomore, that, that could be an actual Debbie player. He's a big guy. Um, and more of a just just a big guy um, than he we would want to see. But um, decent wide receiver. Yeah, and a good offense, I think. Plenty of uh, just a big guy have done well <laughs> at Colorado State, right? We got a long list of those two. Oh, yeah, that's true. Everyone that's got true. got excited about Debbie, and then they didn't get drafted. <laughs> or they got drafted in round six, right? Yeah, that's true. All right, man. I think we did some awesome work here tonight, so thanks for all that. And we're excited to be back in the season talking about football. Excited for some games. Let's next. Let's call our shots. Let's call some Let's kind call of shot shots. here. Call a shot. Um, What's your shot? Okay. Wh- which four teams make the playoff? You put me on the spot, Kyle. Yep. I think Georgia, Ohio State, God, I want to say APAC 12 team, but I just don't know which of the three it's going to be. Um, I think Oregon probably has the best rights to it. They just got a better defense than any. I, I don't know. Utah. Man. USC. Utah USC's has the best defense sucks, in that. Though. But Utah has the best defense in that conference. Right. I think Oregon's the most balanced team in that conference. Yeah. Okay, I'll go, I'll go Georgia, Ohio State. Texas and LSU. That's a bold call. Yeah. I don't, that's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, LSU is going to have to run the ball for like 4,000 yards this year to get to the college playoff, but they could. Jaden Daniels will do it. Yeah. Yeah. He'll go for a thousand himself, you know? Um, I think they're. I, I think. I think, for, I think for that to happen, I think either Logan Diggs needs to be a thing, or the freshman Caleb Jackson needs to be a breakout. This is my hot take. Alabama has a worse roster than three of the teams they will play this year, and that's the first time that's happened in ten years. I I I don't I have, I have a hard time putting Alabama in the playoffs. I wouldn't do it either. I think. Yeah. I think. I think Georgia and Ohio State are easy ins, but I mean Ohio State could lose to Michigan and not be in, right? But I think you put one of the Big Ten teams in for sure. And I, Ohio State with Marvin Harrison is it, going to be awesome, but I, we don't know yet that McCord or Brown can really play at the level that Stroud did last year. I mean, there's projection there. You know what I mean? I think they both um, can. That's. Could be true. <laughs> I think that's true. the problem is that they're both good. <laughs> yeah. That's a hell of a good problem for uh for, for Ryan McDay to have. Um so yeah, look, uh, I, I I think I think Georgia easily, unless like half the team gets like dies in a train wreck, right? Like that's the only way Georgia doesn't get it. And even then they might, right? I I, I think I put yeah, I'll say Michigan just to differ with you on Ohio State. Hey, right? hey. Georgia plays Tennessee and Neyland this year. Yeah, I, you, you you could win. If, if Tennessee beating them doesn't keep Georgia out of the playoffs, so just, 
Yeah, I, mean? I, I guess got, that's true. An 11 yeah, and 1 non conference champion Georgia probably does still make the playoff. Unless I there's you, four undefeated teams. I four think undefeated P5 champions. Undefeated teams, honestly. It'd be tough. And then we'll say, we'll say, We'll say USC pulls pulls the defense together. USC's in the playoff. There's no way two Pac-12 teams are going to make it. I'll put Tennessee in <laughs> for you. For you guys. If you guys can play defense, that could be a, a realistic prediction. The problem is, I I think they're getting there. I, I don't think it'll be this year. I, I yeah. they're recruiting edge very well, but uh, they need one more year for those edges what, to really make an impact. You know what I think. Uh, 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 Cade Klubnik puts it all together and Clemson's back in the playoff. No, I think, no, I think that's a good one. That could happen. That could definitely I think happen. that's a good one. That's a, you got that's the defense. A, like, the, defense an, was, the defense tried to carry DJ Uangalele I mean, Florida State's their only competition in that conference, right? Yeah. Like, nobody else Florida is challenging State's going to be good, but I, I just think I think the, the trenches at Clemson – they're as good as any team in college football, and that's that's what that's what wins championships. I also think they they have the best offensive coordinator they've had under Dabo ever, Garrett Who's Riley, it? the TCU oh. offensive coordinator from last year. Oh yeah, um, Dabo yeah. finally hires someone who wasn't within his coaching staff already, and he makes a slam dunk. So um, yeah, yeah give him some much better that, than right? Tony Elliott. He's- I mean, yeah. TCU was a damn good offense last year. I looked at college playoff team, right? Like with a uh, fucking Max Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all right. I love it. I love it. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to write those down somewhere and we're going to come back to them in about 16 weeks. I, I want to amend mine then because I, I think it, <laughs> Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Clemson. I, I wasn't feeling – I was feeling bold with that other one, but I don't think that's He's right. You're stealing my gig, man. You can't. You can't. I right? almost LSU said Clemson. I just felt being I just felt being spicy, so I said LSU. I kind of forgot about Garrett Riley until we talked about Clemson. So. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make a bold prediction and then amend it to mine. <laughs> okay, Kyle. Not how the game is played, man. Oh, right. Lord. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna hold you accountable. Oh, I have You're one on more bold build. prediction. One more bold prediction. Nick Saban retires. End of the season. I don't know. I think he's got that like Belichick, just like old warhorse, like inability to quit. I think it'd take a couple losing seasons or like not playing to his level seasons for him to retire. I think he's tired of it. I don't think he likes the new college football landscape. Could happen. I get it. Who retires first then? Saban or Belichick? You think Belichick retires too? The bad season uh, this year? I think Belichick should have retired. but I think he should have, yeah. Or he could now, you know. That team's gonna be better this year, though. They'll be better. Juju is better than any wide receiver. Yeah. Last year. The issue, the issue of New England is that the entire conf- the entire division is just so dang good. Yeah. Now with with Aaron Rodgers there, it's like, yeah. what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. They're they're definitely the fourth strongest team in the conference, even if they're better than a lot of teams from other conferences. They could be. They're gonna have a top five defense because they always do. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, right. 
That is enough of this nonsense, my friend. We appreciate you all for joining along in our shenanigans. Please like and subscribe. Do those things that we ask you to do so that we can pump up these numbers and someday draw a sweet, sweet three-cent royalty check from YouTube. Uh, we appreciate your support and we appreciate uh, you know your, your reviews and any kind of words. And, and let us know how we're doing. Uh, chat us up on the Twitters. Kyle is at KL Fantasy. I am at EK Baller. That, we'll see you next week. You know what? He did it again. He, he freaking left the stream yard instead of ending the live again. Uh, anyway, you know it's bad when we talk about the NFL on the Devi dose. And he's back to end the stream. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Uh, what did I do wrong? 